welcome here. It is Christmas Day, and that on the Christian calendar is a very significant one. In a sense, it's how the whole salvation story starts. But of course, God has been doing many things before it to predict it and prepare us for it. And then what follows, of course, is the, the whole life of Christ. Life, death, resurrection, ascension, and so on. And so each year we get to go through the whole remembrance again of the life of Jesus, which uh, this year we are naming Come and See, a whole series on the life of Christ. So in a sense, Advent and Christmas is the start of it. So here we are, wonderful day. Let's proclaim this amazing truth through song. So if you want to take your hymn books, it's number 132, Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echo back their joyous strains. Save 
of Isaiah the prophet, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7, from the New Living Translation. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. Israel will again be great, and its people will rejoice as people rejoice at harvest time. They will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder. For God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian with Gideon's little band. In that day of peace, battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His ever-expanding, peaceful government will never end. He will rule forever with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. The passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. And let's read together as the candles are lit. We light the Christ candle and we welcome his presence. Come and see. Number 137. 137. What child is this? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap sleeping, who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the Silent word is bleeding. 
to sing number 158, that version of it. Infant, holy, infant, Lord. 
message of Christmas is not just that something happened so long ago in general, but that something happened specifically for each of us. So this song is a way of expressing some of that personal connection with the baby that was born.
how it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quinius was governor of Syria, and all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come and worship the Lord together on the day of his birth. I want to begin with a word of prayer. Our God, we thank you so very much for this day. Lord, we thank you so very much for all those years ago, you coming to be born, human like us, so that we can understand you. Our Lord, in this is a mystery that we will be trying our entire lives to understand and then we'll only scratch the surface, but at the same time what we know from it is that we thank you with every inch of our being for coming to us. And we pray also, Lord, to thank you for all that comes after. In your name we pray, amen. All right. Well, if you've been to a Christmas service before, you know that my messages tend to be a little bit different uh, than they would be on a regular Sunday morning. I like to pick up something that I find interesting of the passage. And that's one of the things that this passage in particular, Luke 20, uh, Luke 20, Luke 2, 1 to 20, really has going for it. Because every time you look into it, there is another interesting little tidbit that you can take out and you can get an entirely new depth to the story because of it. 
But when I was doing my research for what I would say today, I started dwelling a little bit on the past, as is only right at this time of year. And what I came up with is, is that every Christmas, growing up before I was allowed to open my presents, my family had a tradition of reading through the entirety of the story of Jesus' birth first. Luke 1, uh, like Luke 2, I said that again, uh, verse 1, straight through till verse 20. And possibly even longer if my parents were feeling particularly, what I felt at that time, particularly vindictive. And after that, we would sing some carols, and my dad would play guitar for that. And if we kids had something prepared, like from Sunday school concert, a Christmas concert at church or something like that, we would do a little show of our own. And we still do that every year that we get together, every year that we can. And I will tell you, my opinion of that particular tradition has vastly changed as the years have gone by. Because when I was young, there was a time when I was pretty sure that my parents insisted on doing this for no other reason than to be just terribly mean to us. There was presents under the tree right there in front of us, all wrapped neatly, tags hanging, telling us which present was ours. I can always remember the one year when I had the biggest one under the tree. But look, no touch, not yet, not until we read the Christmas story and have our little pageant that takes like 10 hours of children time. But now I'm in the other position. Now I'm a parent and being the one that has to tell Noelle and her cousins that they can't open their presents yet because there is tradition to observe. Seeing their little thoroughly annoyed faces at having to wait. Now I am the parent who is being mean and I have to tell you, I, oh, I love it. I, I think all you parents and grandparents will agree that torturing children in this way is a fair chunk of what makes every Christmas gathering worthwhile. Then when that transition happened from annoyed child to annoying adult, I'm not sure. Uh, probably whenever it was that I came to realize that though I could remember some presents that I've gotten over the years, like I can't actually remember what was in that big box, though I could remember some presents that I got over the year, when I think of my family memories that I have of Christmas, the ones that make me smile all the time later, far more of those recollections are not about presents at all, but are instead about reading the Christmas story and those little pageants that once used to annoy me so very much. Whenever that switch flipped in my mind, that is that it's more about family stories when you actually think back to things. Whenever that happened, then the transformation from annoyed child to annoying adult was complete and I was going to inflict it on the next generation. In verse 19 of the Christmas passage, we read one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And then Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. This is the tidbit I want to focus on and just run with today. Because it's an interesting verse, considering all that happens before it. And let's, let's think of things kind of from 
the happy new couple's perspective for a bit. Because at the beginning of this passage, Mary is nine months pregnant, and she's traveling with her new, in Luke it's fiance, and Matthew it's new husband, and either way, it would have been super awkward because in that culture, you didn't really talk to your fiance before you got married. And so whether it is fiance like in Luke or whether it is married couple as in Matthew, doesn't change the fact that this would have been the first major time they had together to speak to one another. And he is leading her through hilly terrain to a backwater town in the middle of nowhere where she likely knows no one. As Bethlehem, the city of David, is Joseph's family's hometown. Likely not hers because we know she's related to Elizabeth, who is of the house of Levi. We learned that from chapter 1. People also had a good understanding of pregnancy in those days, like they do today, enough to know that almost certainly there were, where she was going was going to be where Mary gave birth, so that that was going to be far away from her family. And when I say far away, I mean like 100 miles between Nazareth and Bethlehem. That would have been hard on her and as such them as well. While it doesn't come up in the Gospels, tradition has it that Mary made that voyage on the back of a donkey. A hundred mile journey, Mary is well into the waddling stage of pregnancy at that point, so that she would have rode something there, that makes sense, but those mothers among you who can remember riding in a car while ready to give birth at any moment can likely regale with just how unpleasantly uncomfortable that is. So now imagine instead you're making that voyage through hilly country on the bare back of a bouncing pack animal instead. But finally, the couple gets there and Mary goes into labor and we read that they have trouble finding a place to stay, no room in the inn. In that sentence, you can really start to feel the panic set in a little bit. But after what I'm sure would have felt like a lifetime, they, they got a place probably with someone in Joseph's family, and then her child is born, a son. And not long after that, seemingly completely unannounced to the new parents, who are in full recovery mode, as you always are after a new baby is born, a bunch of shepherds that we have no reason to think they knew, and in those days, shepherds are a rather smelly, rough-and-tumble lot, they just burst into the room where the little baby is, saying that angels sent them. So imagine you are Mary or Joseph, the, the happy new couple, and you place yourself in that story. That doesn't really sound like that great of a memory, does it? Not the kind of thing that you would be all that happy about as it was going on if you were the new parents. But here's what we should remember when we read this passage. We should remember who is telling it to us because it's Luke, it's the Gospel of Luke. He's telling it to us decades after the fact. Luke wrote decades after Christ died and was resurrected and ascended to heaven. That's when he wrote his Gospel. So how does he know about this story? That's in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, where he tells us that he investigated every part of the events of 
Christ's life to give us an orderly account. A statement that should cause us to immediately question next. Then how did Luke know that Mary treasured up all these events, pondering them in her heart? After all, that's a rather internal thing to know about someone, isn't it? The most likely answer his investigations into this part of Christ's life had him talking to Mary herself. Which would also make sense as to how Luke knows that Mary met the angel and what the angel said. Or the words spoken between Mary and Elizabeth when those two came face to face in the passage we looked at last week. This has certainly been what the church throughout most of its history has held to. And I think it's the case that makes the most sense. And if that is true, then there is a very wonderful thing to note. Because what that means is that decades after that awkward and painful first road trip, that the newly married couple decades, decades after Mary went into labor and there was no place to give birth to her first son until they found one in the 11th hour, decades after the humble entrance of our Lord into this world, and decades after the surprise visit of those rough and rowdy shepherds that the happy parents didn't know from Adam, what it means is that Mary remembered these stories from the beginning of her new family and thought of them so fondly as to tell Luke that she treasured them, pondering them in her heart, thought of them often. These would have been the stories her and Joseph reminisced about on the late nights after the kids were in bed. These would have been the stories that they told little Jesus and his siblings as they gathered together for supper at the end of a long day. These would have been the, oh, do you remember that time when stories that make up the long hours of family discussions every time Joseph's clan got together for the holidays? And there's a lot of holidays in the Jewish calendar. Just as my family stories involve reading scripture, a child pageant, and gifts that were not allowed to be opened yet, this passage, going off of how Mary held it close to her heart as long as she did, it would have been one of the family stories that they held closely as well. And while that might seem like neither here nor there, that Jesus had family stories that his mother held dearly, I, I disagree. I think it's good to remember there is a temptation when we read of Jesus in our Bibles to always distance him, always place him wise and beyond our humanly understanding, always emphasize his sinlessness and the divine side of his parentage. And he is all of those things, don't get me wrong, but in doing that, we downplay things like he had family stories things that show that he is relatable, 
things that show his human side, things that we can understand because we've gone through them ourselves. But if you do that, if you only focus on how Christ was different than us and not on how he was the same, you kind of lose the forest for the tree. Christ does not show us how to live, nor did he die for our sins because he is distant or beyond our understanding. It's because he's relatable, human like us, that we can begin to understand what he did for us. It is because he is relatable, human like us, that we can know how he should how we should follow our Lord by looking at the example that Christ lives out. It's because he's relatable, human like us, that we, we can begin to know what he actually did for us on the cross and the meaning of the miracle of when he was raised again after it. Christ is God and divine and sinless in all of these things. But he is also human and that is the thing that shouldn't slip us by on Christmas as we look at that baby born to Mary in that manger. So that Jesus has stories like this one, family stories, the kind that Mary would have told to death over the years that her little boy was growing into the man that he would become. Family stories of the same kind that we all have, albeit most of ours contain significantly fewer angels, I'll grant that. Far from being something of no consequence, that, that right there, that makes a world of a difference because in that, especially now as we look to have Christmases of our own where new memories are going to be created, new memories of annoying the children. I'm very excited about that. New memories of awkward pageants and Christmas presents that can't be touched yet. And that is a way of understanding him. We can relate in that. And the more we can do that, the more we will be able to understand what we are going to learn about the life of our Lord as we go through the rest of the Gospel of Luke over the months to come. It is going to be spectacular. Yes, this is an amazing story, a family story, that we get to be part of that family and retell the story. So let's uh, encourage each other to share the story even beyond our families with those who have not yet heard it or who are not yet part of the family as we sing number 138 go tell it on the mountain 138 go tell it on the mountain over the hills and every While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night. 
that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when lo above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born, and God sent us Once again, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. I hope it is a blessed holiday season and a happy new year when it comes. Uh, a reminder, there is no church tomorrow, so have a good day sleeping in as best as you can. And don't forget to read through the Christmas story again. It is a wonderful time for it. And in the book of Ephesians is where we find our benediction. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grant peace, love, and faith to all the brothers and sisters. May grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ in life, imperishable. Go now and serve our God. Thank you.